Just a little moody today, that's all. Aren't we all? It wouldn't be a show if one of us didn't have an audacity disaster. Exactly. Right. Well, let's not say disaster. <laughs> let's not bring that on. MVH Van Haren joining you from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan, and this show has everything. We're keeping it light and casual on today's show with a really fun topic. Basically, the idea is, have you ever considered how the trajectory of your entire life could change and probably has changed with every tiny little decision you make in combination with random happenstance totally out of your control? It's a fun thought experiment and not at all upsetting. For example... (laughs) What if a small child blocks your path as you try to board your train home after getting fired and so you never catch your scumbag boyfriend cheating on you and then you never reinvent yourself and then you remain a brunette for the rest of the movie? Ew! Oh my well, god. Uh, I mean, that's just what happens in sliding doors. But what if? Right? Unfortunately, yep. we can't see our alternate timelines, but I thought it would be fun to discuss the small decisions we've made that ended up having a big impact on our lives. And joining me to talk butterflies to hurricanes in Stick-A-Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne Lundholm. Hello. Hello. I'm a butterfly just flapping. (laughs) Be careful with that. You never know what's going to (laughs) happen. And in Animal Loft Studios in Del Mar, New York, it's Bobby Pape. Good evening. Happy 201st episode, everybody. Yeah, we've really marked the occasion. (laughs) Good job, us. (laughs) Yeah. Just call and, me Luke. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's not that we forgot. It's just that we'll talk about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And of course, in middle-aged mama studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary Butler. I'm just back from cutting my hair into a pre-Gosselin short, shaggy, like Oof. blonde do. How does I, it look? It's so good. I hope you <laughs> waxed your eyebrows fully off too. You look so <laughs> ready to talk to a manager. Yep. <laughs> just a just a thin comma on t- a top my, just my one eyes. hair <laughs> yeah uh, uh today on the show of course we've got some small talk we're gonna read your responses to last week's question of the week about your favorite washington state or oregon movies and of course we're gonna let you know how you can get involved with the show uh but first up is small talk hillary i need to hear all about taylor swift yes Please, yes. please tell us. <clears throat> okay, I have lots of stories, but as I put it on the run sheet, I said, Taylor giveth and she taketh away because... She okay. sure did. This is the this is the this brief story, as brief as I can make it. Bridget and I went. We left Friday. Um, I believe that was the 21st. Flew to Seattle, Washington. Uh, Pilot Will picked us up. He... Um, I declined, but he put Bridget in the sim, and it was really fun, though. There was one point, the like, simulated airplane, and there was one point where he was like, okay, turn left, and she went like, yoink, and obviously, I'm not in a real plane, but it feels like you're in a real plane, and I was like, no, no, like, I kind of <laughs> squealed, um, but then, I mean, then we ate, then we, Will was going to drive us to our hotel, and he was like, well, I'll just drive by the merch 
trucks to see because she wanted merch. And I was like, I can't talk about this anymore. We just need to get it done. But let's just go see what the lines look like. So we got there. And the weather's beautiful. I mean, it was uh, it was fantastic. You know, like 75, a sunny, not humid at all. Um, quite the opposite from what I'm dealing with right at this moment. And so we found a parking space near the stadium. And he thought, oh, I was like, oh, this boat's well. Maybe it won't be that bad. And we went around and it was like, <laughs> it was pretty bad. But both Bridget and Will were like, no, we think we should stay. And I'm like, okay, I'm paying for this, but okay, I guess we'll stay. So we stayed in the line for about 90 minutes. Um, Oof. Is this yeah. the day of the show? Is no. Why the- day, really? Day it was before. ahead of time. There was a day bridge line. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, but glad I did it because I would not have wanted to wait in line during the show. Um, we did get I mean, the she merch. doesn't own her master track, so she's got to yeah. sell merch. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um. So we um, later we went to the hotel. We ended up meeting um, Christy for a movie. We went to go see Barbie. Two enthusiastic thumbs up. It was super fun. Um, and then we had Dentai Fung with Will, Jeremy, oh, and I hate Christy. you. I hate I know, you so, so much I, right now. I'm it sort of annoyed. So gross. It was disgusting. The only thing that sucked is we at that point. You know, it's we did have to wait a little bit. And at like eight, you know, we're sitting down. It's ten our time which is like i'm usually like whatever but i have an 11 year old with me we've been up since 4 30 in the morning central time so i'm like i'm a little dragging like i wasn't even that hungry which is sort of annoying that at that point i'm like not that hungry because i'm like i want to be hungry for this so so is, is having a child one of your sliding doors moments because yeah well so much <laughs> i know i know um next day we wake up we meet christy um and Colleen and Colleen's daughter and obviously Bridget, we met up. Um, Phyllis was out of town, but we met up and went to Portage Bay, which you guys, we all went to. Bobby, not you, but uh, Meredith and Anne and Christy and I went to Portage Bay. That one that was near our hotel um, on like in the U district, it's like, oh yeah, they, ha- they have like a, you get a waffle and you can like go to the waffle bar and like add stuff to it. Yep. Like, fruit and whipped cream and stuff i feel like we had to wait for a little bit anyway are you confusing portage bay with hampton inn again no this is much more delicious with better i don't mimosas. remember this i i uh, never block out a restaurant i know that we went because it was like we stayed at that university inn place and it was like down the way from it like a couple blocks you. down is that like barely like it's like hmm. a, like truly like a block down i, remember I guess it. I, um, I do remember it um Anyway, so we that was really fun. And then Bridget and I, I was like, we just, I part of me really wants to go, you know, she's never been to Seattle. I want to, you know, max out like what we're doing. But then I'm like, we need to reserve our energy. Let's go back to the hotel and take a nap and just be ready to go. Um, it goes without saying, the, the concert was amazing. Like it was, um, she really puts on, I mean, obviously I'm like tailor pilled, like I am in the bag for her, but she puts on a three and a half hour show. That's just her, not the opener. I mean, there are openers, but that's just her. And Jeez. she never, she doesn't leave except for like, when I say a costume change, like, it is so brief. It is max two minutes that she's gone. And then she comes, she performs like 44 songs. It's amazing. Um, but it, our seats were high up, but they were great. We had a view of the city. It was wonderful. Okay. But the thing that I have to tell you that I am so proud of myself and I just need to sing my own praises here is that I, you know, was thinking, okay, how are we going to get there? I don't want to take an Uber. Um, I'm not going to like make Will or Christy come and like take us. Cause that's a nightmare. So I'm like, how? and our hotel was about 
a 15 minute drive, but like they said, like a 40 minute walk. And I said, well, if worse comes to worse, we could walk. I don't really want to do that, but we could. But I did some research and there was a bus stop just down the street from our hotel. And I was like, I think this will get us there. It was the Seattle King County transit system website was not like the most clear in the world. But so I, we got on the thing. As soon as we got on the bus, I was like, this is the right bus because several people were wearing sequins on it. So I was like, this is correct. We're <laughs> on the right bus. So it drops us off right there. I I paid like $2. Bridget's free. I was like, great. Perfect. So we go in. We're there a little early. See the show. Amazing. I did do the typical like mom thing. Like I wanted to see it all, but I also like, I knew what her last song was. Cause she doesn't do, she doesn't do, um, she doesn't come back out. So I was like, okay, her last song is karma. Uh, we're going to start leaving. <laughs> <laughs> when she gets to the bridge of karma and then we're going to like get out of there, which we did. It was perfect. So we got out. But at this point I'm like, how are we going to get home? Like, I don't remember exactly where the stop was because we had of had to wind our way. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to kind of follow the crowd for the moment. I know what direction I need to go in. Another problem was that there was no signal. Like there was just, it was just too um, jammed up from 72,000 people being there. And so I I, I had sort of remembered that the 40 was a bus I think we could take, but I don't think it's running right now. I guess they must have run some extra buses because a 40 appeared in the right direction. I was like, hop on. I didn't pay because it, they didn't have, it was, I think it's one of those things where like, if they come by and ask you, then you have to pay, but whatever. That's anyway. what the train in Seattle is like too. Yeah. Like it's just where you like catch you. Catch you. I know. I was like, okay. Uh, it dropped us right off like across the street from our hotel. I was so proud of myself. I was like, I navigated this. <laughs> city by myself I did it and Bridget was like good job I'm tired and I'm like I need more than this um anyway so but it was the concert was really fun um we did and many people have sent me this but we did go to the bathroom during shake it off because again like I I like shake it off fine but it's not my favorite song and I knew it was the bathroom there would be no line if we went down right then oh so you didn't get to participate in the earthquake I felt it. It was so crazy because we're uh, the bathroom was underneath where we're sitting, and it really did feel like an earthquake. Like Bridget and I and this other person that was in the bathroom were like, "Oh my god, this is crazy!" Like it was insane. And then we got back up and we're dancing. You can't really feel it as much when you're in the stands, but when you're underneath the stands, you can really feel it. But um, anyway, that was that was wonderful. Um, I'm trying to think. Sunday. Oh, we just kind of did touristy stuff and um, got to airport which was jammed full of uh cruise people like it was just it was like so crowded um lots of elderly people going back to where they came from from their cruise to alaska um okay so that was all (laughs) wonderful and then um we get home super late on sunday night and i i get home and i'm i had a few meetings and i stupidly just didn't have a pad day i was like no i'll be fine it's fine you know and anytime i try to do one of these like just a quick weekend like nobody will miss me i'm gonna be really quick it always bites me in the ass it happened you know when i went to nashville for my sister's birthday then i got snowpocalypse in nashville um anyway so i we get home i had sort of started to feel a little bit bad on the plane but not like I just kind of felt like I had like some congestion in my chest and then I woke up on Monday and I felt awful, but I was like, I have a couple of meetings. I just, so I texted my team and I said, I have a couple of meetings that I have to be there for, but I'm going to leave after that because I really don't feel good. And Troy, the main guy was like, don't just don't come in. Like just cancel your meetings. It's not a big deal. Like, and he's leaving for Europe tomorrow. So I'm sure he's like, do not get me sick. Like stay away from me. Um, so, which was great. I went back to sleep and then I woke up and 
went to go find some lunch and I noticed, I was like, you know, we have one COVID test in our little cabinet. I'll just take it. I'm like, I, this is not COVID. This is just how I feel when I'm sick. This is not COVID. It was like a fucking pregnancy test when I was very pregnant with one of the kids. Like it popped so quickly. It was just like, there was no 15 minute waiting time. It was just like black like line like yes you are pregnant slash have covid um, congratulations you're, you're having a virus <laughs> no i'm anyway. sorry to interrupt now with a question but did you keep taking pregnancy tests after uh, you firmly knew oh, you were pregnant uh, bobby you need to have a conversation with dave about this i dave did mention because he bought a bunch of covid tests and he was like i went to go take one and, and you had taken all of them and i remembered you love taking tests and i was like it's so true <laughs> you know it early on pregnancy like after it's even confirmed it doesn't matter because you would still have those hormones in your body so i, I mean not to go down bummer town but when i had a miscarriage I still showed up as pregnant on test because you still have the HCG levels in your body. Right. So it was, but I don't know why when I was pregnant with Bridget and with Rory, I would like keep taking tests and see how quickly it would like go positive. <laughs> Cause I was like, that means I'm super pregnant. Like I just know that means I'm super pregnant. So yes, I love taking an expensive test. It is uh, one of my favorites. Um, anyway. Yeah. So I felt really, you passed. Pre- you passed. I passed, I passed with flying a- colors. A plus. Yeah, you're very, you're very smart and attractive, Hillary. It was so thank you so much. Um, it was so shocking. Like I just had always tested negative, and I was I, I mean, but I just felt like, and I had to text you know Will and Colleen and Christy and be like, I'm so sorry. I mean, it's like nowadays everybody's decided we're all going out, we're doing stuff, so it's not like I did anything intentionally and I wasn't feeling bad until I was feeling bad anyway. So I, I, I felt I had to scramble a little bit and I, then Bridget ended up getting it, which is not surprising. But the surprising thing is, is I thought it was just the two of us, which that was not great, but it was fine. And we were starting to get over it. And then Friday Dave woke up and said, I kind of have a sore throat. And I was like, he was like, it's probably just allergies. And I'm like, it's not mm, allergies. No. And then, so then there's the shuffling cause we have a three bedroom. So, Bridget has been shacked up with me watching Dance Moms for uh, you know, the last four days while Dave sleeps in Bridget's room and Rory's – Rory never got it. Rory's the – you know, I don't I don't know what's going on. He never got it. We tested him. He's it's those genes. He has superior genes. Yeah. I, I, much to my chagrin, he has <laughs> uh, superior genes. Anyway, um, as I've said – Boston Strong, long, baby. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Ugh. But <laughs> – it was totally worth it, and uh, we had a great time, great concert. Um, somebody told me that you could buy really cheap tickets in Europe. You just have to get to Europe, and I was like, hmm. But no, we're, I think we're done. We're good. Um, anyway, that was my Taylor, um, and it's August, so now I've been playing August over and over and over again. Um, Meredith, you next. The Money Pit. Ugh. It's back. <laughs> Well, you, you next go. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah. You know, so, I was thinking we really at this point need a theme song for the money pit. <laughs> Something like I need to money rewatch pit, that movie and pit. see like if there's Take a your song. money and Have get rid of it in a pit. I've seen it. It's just been a really long time. I don't remember what music is in it. Pretty sure the theme song for Money Pit is just that Tom Hanks doing that laugh that Mike always used to like to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ha>! <laughs> I'll take it. That can be the theme song. 
Um, I don't want to actually blame this one on my poor house. Uh, this wasn't my house's fault. This was DTE's fault. DTE is our power company. DTE provides our electricity and our gas, and we don't have any choices. Um, and when I grew up, we had DTE for one and consumers for the other. But now we just don't have a choice. We just have to use DTE, which I know is very different from what you've got in Texas, where you get to choose and you get to kind of like pick every what couple years or based on your contract um so what does the t stand for by the way i don't know what any of it stands for honestly i, I mean i can figure out the Edison. d and the e well, i figured energy electric energy or electric damn Definitely. terrible <laughs> electricity i don't i don't know they are dte down to electric that's probably, except they're not, is the problem. Yeah. So that's the whole issue. Yeah. So we had, last week, Wednesday, it started to storm pretty badly. And I thought, okay, well, you know, we'll deal with this. It's fine. And I was kind of watching out the window. And I saw out of the corner of my eye, like, all these flashes and pops. And I heard, uh, heard pops. And I was like, that does not look like lightning. Like, what is that? And I have a sunshade in front of my window. Like, we put one on the balcony because it gets direct sunlight all afternoon and my office gets boiling hot. So we put a sunshade up on the balcony over in the summer. And so I couldn't see what was going on. So I went out to the balcony and looked. And the one of the power lines that runs across across our backyard was, was arcing power. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like making those noises and it was flashing and I was like okay that's concerning and then after <laughs> it did that a couple times then like the then the power went out in the house and I was like oh, okay yeah here we go um not a huge surprise it, but it hadn't happened in a while that DTE had replaced some equipment on the pole in our backyard a couple years ago and we hadn't lost any power since then um so I was kind of like not expecting this to happen but it did and eventually what we figured out is that it was a partial power outage. It was not a full power outage. Um, and so we had like a few outlets that were working still. And uh -huh. so we managed to like, we ran a long ass extension cord from downstairs to upstairs because my office is upstairs. The modem is upstairs um, and I need to work. I work from home. Right. So um, we ran a, an extension cord to get the modem online and my workstation online and we were also able to plug the fridge in, which was huge, oh, right? Good. So we didn't have to throw everything in the fridge away. But that was uh, kind of it. And we didn't really feel... It's not a super safe thing to do. So we were like, we're not mm -mm. plugging anything else in. Um, and and our it was interesting because our central air was still working. And we were like, huh, well, that kind of makes things habitable. Like, this is fine. Yeah. I guess we can handle this. The fridge is working and the air is working. Um so we were okay um, for a couple of days. And then I think, I don't remember if it was Thursday or Friday, but like something changed and the air conditioner started blowing warm air Ugh, out of the no. And I Ugh. was like, oh no, this is not good. And I, yeah. for the record, had never heard of a partial power outage. I'd never experienced it. I had no idea what it was about. Um but apparently what it is, I've learned a little bit. And Anne, you should know this as an electrician. Honestly, I'm a little disappointed <laughs> that you didn't <laughs> educate me. Um, but power comes into your house in two different phases, and it's got to do with voltage. So, like, you've got, like, a 220 outlet for, like, if you have an electric dryer or something like a central air conditioner. 
Um, but most of your house is on 110, which is a less less of a current. I don't know. I'm probably saying this all wrong. But um, sounds good to me. What I discovered <laughs> is that your central air needs both phases to function. But when you have a partial power outage, it will still continue to try, but it will eventually like burn out the, you know, I don't know, the computer inside of it or something. It'll burn stuff out because it's trying to use both phases and it's overloading because it's only using one. And I called the HVAC guys and they were like, okay, we'll come look. And he came out when the power was still out and he turned it off at the furnace and he said, you might have fried your whole air conditioning compressor. Um, You might have just like murdered the whole entire thing. And I can't check until your power is fully back on. And I was like, cool. So we spent a couple of days thinking like, great, we're going to have to replace the whole thing. And that is like multiple thousands of dollars to replace. And I was like really upset for a couple of days. And finally, 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 it came back on Saturday evening um, and that's why we did a rerun last week, essentially, because we were going to do this show last week, but I just, DTE kept saying, like, it'll be restored Thursday. Oh, oh. wait, on Thursday, it'll be restored Friday, and then on Friday, it'll be restored Saturday. And ultimately, the the they estimated Sunday, but it was a little earlier than that, so. God, they're like, under promise? Yeah, I guess. Over deliver. Yeah, thanks mm. a lot, guys. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was terrible, and I, I hated it. And I was worried the whole time that we had fried our AC. But finally, our our HVAC guys came out and they just turned it back on and it worked and it was fine. God, thank and God. I was like, wow, amazing. Like, genuinely so shocked. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. That this You're just actually like preparing for the worst. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like doing like mental math of like, okay, well, I've got it in my savings. I can put it, you know, I can do it. I just don't want to. No. Um. Ugh. Yeah, so I'm very, very, very glad that that didn't, we didn't have to replace the whole unit. Um, But yeah, that was my whole like last couple of, (laughs) like last couple of days. I just, you know, I didn't cook, which is weird. We had to kind of go out for every meal. Um, Oh, no. I know. (laughs) So sad. But I like to cook and I, some stuff in the fridge like didn't get used even though it should have because I didn't want to rely on like, what if it goes out for real and, yeah. the, you know, yeah. while I'm in the middle of cooking something or whatever. So, yeah, uh, you're it's back. Okay it is. It's a tra- sort of traumatizing, though, where you're just like, oh, I don't want to live like a pioneer. I yes. can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the DTE cruise working? We on did. Yeah. In your on Saturday. Well, finally, because I kept reporting it as an they kept asking me, like, are you still do you still not have power? Yes. And I'm like, I still don't have power. And they're like, we can't confirm. And I'm like, I don't have it. <laughs> so I kept reporting on their app. Over believe and over women. And over. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that is kind of a joke in my house. Hashtag believe women. And whenever I say something, I'm like, you have to Gregory. I'm like, you have to believe me because I'm a woman. It's the law. <laughs> um, so that but yeah, on Saturday, actually, we were going to go out for a meal. We were about to leave. And we I heard my neighbor next door talking, not Derek, other neighbor, talking to somebody in our backyard, clearly. And I was like, oh, ooh, I hope it's DTE. And so we stuck our heads over the side of the balcony and we we're like, hey, hey, guys. Hey, what's up? Like, <laughs> where are your best friends? Out? Do you want a drink? Do you want anything? <laughs> like, please, please Cash fix tip. our power. A cat. Yeah, I've got a few extras. Um, so we talked to them a little bit and what they told me that 
was that a fuse had blown on the actual line. And they showed me how to identify if it had blown. Uh, it like turns something yellow and you can see it from far away. And so I was like, cool, now I'll know in the future <laughs> to just God. tell them, like, come and fix the thing. Like, that's all yeah. you got to do. It, could, it took them five minutes to fix it. Oh, so. God. Yep. And you got to sit in the dark for five days. Yeah. <laughs> when it was like 90 degrees every oh. day. <laughs> oh. 100% humidity, 90 degrees. I'm done. It was summer. Yeah, forget I'm it. Done. I've had enough. Down to enrage. Mm-hmm. I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that voice piping in, Bobby, tell us about your weekend. Well, just mere days after you went to see Taylor Swift in Seattle, I went to see Luke Burbank in Seattle. How was the merch line? <laughs> um, they were trying to give away extra lunch boxes. They were insisting that everyone please take home lunch boxes. How many friendship bracelets did you make? Uh, I made none, though other people did make and share and throw and trade Aww. bracelets. Actually, I think the uh, the Swifty uh, element, or you know, sort of, it has spun off into other sectors. Yes. Ah, uh, Jesus. When did I go? What did I do? I don't really remember. <laughs> you were so drunk the whole time. <laughs> Who knows? <clears throat> Might be part of it. Um, <laughs> now, the adventure started Thursday, uh, driving out to Boston. Um, I stayed over Thursday night at a hotel by the airport because I had a very early Friday morning flight. Uh, I drove out and had dinner with Sam because she was leaving work Thursday night to come to Albany. And so, you know... Marriage is a special thing, right? We we literally had dinner uh, at a restaurant near the highway, and then we respectively, you know, she drove back the drive I just made. Um, we were also under a major state grant deadline uh, Thursday and Friday. that was supposed to be done on Thursday, but wasn't. Um, and so I was up all night in the hotel room working Ooh. on this damn thing. Not my idea. Uh, team Teamwork. Mm-hmm. Yay. Um, and then uh, I figured at least we would get it done, and then I would sleep on the flight. On Friday, so I uh, went to the airport very, very early. No drama with my flight; very easy, except that uh, the Wi-Fi worked and the grant was still working. So oh. I did not end up really sleeping on the flight. I dozed for about an hour on the flight toward the end. Uh, but uh, similar story. Uh, it's always nice to have a friend in the airline industry because he's <laughs> the guy you rely on for rides. And and I want him to meet me at the gate because I always liked it when my friends met me at the gate, like in 1997 or whatever. So pre 9/11. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, he he so could meet you at the gate in full uniform. That'd be even better. <laughs> yes. I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm with um, him. He did not meet me at the gate. In fact, he didn't even meet me at the airport. I walked across oh, the street to his office. So rude. I know. Somebody tagged his office too, so that was rude. Oh. Uh, yeah, somebody wrote Slay on his whiteboard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I think a little 11 year old. Yeah, graffiti. 11 year old hooligan <laughs> was mm-hmm. on the loose. Yep. Uh, and when I got there, because he's a white guy, he was recording his podcast when I got there. And so I actually just hung out in his office and um, hid smelly things all over and stole his sensitive. No, um, I sat at his conference table and kept working. Uh, well, he was doing that. And then, uh, yeah, just a couple of days with, with Will and uh, hanging out with other people. Uh, the show on Saturday night was, it was actually really quite great. Jen Flash Andrews zoomed in. She was um, also at Taylor Swift the night that I was there. We exchanged texts about it. And I so if I had seen her, I would have, like, melted. I would have been so yes. excited. Um, 
they had Phyllis up for one part, sort of playing the ombudsman role. Um, I I didn't realize they had done this because I was a couple episodes behind when I went to the show, but in honor of their 4,000th episode, they asked people for uh, input on what they thought they would be talking about at the 8,000th episode. And Phyllis <laughs> came on and read Garbage. those responses. Spoiler alert, one of them was uh, that Luke would be wrestling through his fourth divorce. <laughs> rude. <laughs> well, it was both rude and really funny. Yeah, yeah they said he would be uh, packing up his lake house after his fourth divorce, and he literally just said, "Well, I don't have a, I didn't have a lake house." Oh, yeah. So, oh my god, yeah. Uh, that Burbank, he's good at getting the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Keeping them is um, the problem. <laughs> we went. Uh, we went backstage before Kate was with us. Um, that was all very nice. Um, Luke and Andrew both. I think they actually did a really good job. Oh, and Gus made the celebrity appearance on the trombone, making sad and happy trombone sounds uh, in response to those eight thousandth episode feedback things. Yeah, so that's cute. Uh, all good, um, except that they got rushed toward the end of the show. And I saw a slide fly through the power. There was a big PowerPoint the whole time. I saw a slide in the deck just sort of go by really fast. And I thought it said senior bidet correspondent, but it went by very quickly. <laughs> they forgot to play a video that Chris Hayes sent them. <gasps> no. Ouch. <laughs> oh, guys. So Never change. Yeah. After the show, I actually ran into Luke and um, I met uh, Becca. Luke's girlfriend, which was delightful. Um, I, I ran into them, actually. So Will and I had a couple drinks, and then Kate was with us, and then Kate left. I walked Kate out. Uh, we stayed at the hotel across the street from the venue. Uh, two rooms. Uh, you know, no funny business between me and Will. And um, Thank you for the clarification. Well, you know, head to toe. So um, I was walking Kate out to her lift, and I see Luke and Becca coming back from wherever they were. It was like midnight, maybe 1230. Um, first, they asked me if they had missed the this video from Chris Hayes because Luke was convinced they had shown it. Uh, and nope. I was like, nope, I saw the slide. <laughs> and I saw nope. you skip it. They fixed – it's uh, midweek here. They fixed it on TBTL, uh, you know, the next couple of days. Um, and we were, like, done. Will was wiped. I was wiped. And Luke just looks at me and goes, we're going to Teddy's, uh, ah, the bar in Andrew's old neighborhood. And so I just call Will – and I'm just like, put your pants back on. We're going to Teddy's. <laughs> so I dragged Will out of his hotel room. But you're both so old. We are so old. <laughs> I would have said, no, thank you. Good night. No, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks for the invite. So we went to Teddy's. Well, it's nice because we didn't really get a chance to like bond and catch up with the guys too, too much. Um, John Sklaroff, the employee they stole from APM, was there. And that was he's great. Um a few of the tens who had either sussed out going to Teddy's or independently went to Teddy's, or maybe they got the same heads up I did, uh, just coincidentally, or, or rather by you know it was the sliding doors moment. If I hadn't walked Kate uh, yes. down to her lift, <laughs> I wouldn't have mm. run into Luke and he wouldn't have said that to me. Um, so we all we closed Teddy's. Oh my gosh! Fucking exhausted. God, um, I met a few tens I had never met before from Portland. One of them was hammered and suggested um, that I should date Kelly Moore, another 10. Hello, Kelly, a violist. <laughs> because she watched us. She's like, did you two just meet? And we're like, yeah. And she goes, but you're talking so much. And I was like, well, we both work in the orchestra world. Like, we, we have a common language. <laughs> I've, I've been friends with Kelly on Facebook for years. 
and it was the first time we had met in person in this this very polite and funny, but also very drunk. Ten was just like, oh, it's a match. <laughs> and I was like, I'm good, thanks. I don't date musicians, so um, never mind the married part, right? Yeah, yeah this um, is small detail yeah. of the so fact that you have a wife you love. I do really do love her. I don't know why she puts up with me, but I do love her. <laughs> so uh, that was all a blast, and then I think we just kind of needed to sleep it off on Sunday morning. Um, we did stumble sleep, over to a Brazilian coffee shop down the street from the hotel on Sunday. That was nice. But otherwise just slept it off. Uh, and then, yeah, I just spent another day kind of hanging around Will's house, trying to distract him from staring at his phone, working all the time. Um, got some teriyaki from a strip mall, hung out with Aiden, who's basically an adult now. No, um, he's not. That can't be right. Is, no, he, he is, um, a senior in high school. No, no, right. no, no. He's twelve. Um, he is. Um, he got his dream car. He saved up his money to get a dream car, which is an early '90s Mazda Miata. Wow, good for him. <laughs> Standards cool are car. so low. <laughs> we uh, we went to see him at his job at Godfather's Pizza and got an unbaked pizza from Godfather's. Where Godfather's still exists. Yep. Uh, oh. oh, excuse me, not Godfather's. Um, Papa Murphy's. Oh, that makes more sense. Getting my West Coast pizza chains mixed up. Um, The one that wasn't owned by um, Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Yeah. Yeah. 999. And then he died because he got COVID at a Trump rally. (laughs) And we all did not laugh. Nope. Nope. Because we're good people. Follow the Herman Cain (laughs) Awards on Reddit. Uh, yeah, he flicked us off in front of all his customers. When cool. We in. It was delightful. <laughs> Teen. But I'm sure he oh, deserved yeah, no, it. Nobody working there cared. It was the, the height of teenage, uh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of it. I'm trying to think. If we, we did not go to Dintai. Nobody took me to Dintai. Mm, well. Um, we did not do a lot of those Seattle things because we were too busy just drinking and being lazy. We went to the Playmore twice. So I guess we had that <laughs> dinner <laughs> and breakfast. Uh, how's the breakfast? It was fine. Um, when we got there, the regular breakfast chef was not there. So it was a lunch and dinner cook who wasn't Todd um, winging it. And so she was very nervous. She actually came out to the table after and was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm doing back there. And it, was, it was fine. She did a fine job. Um, I'll never forgive the Playmore, though, because they serve Diet RC Cola. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. It's not even Pepsi. <laughs> uh, but they have third shots. tier. It's like fifth tier. Yeah, that well, is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, your general lack of interest in drinking and hurts you here because <laughs> it really it does. They're very good. They're very good at the alcohol part, and they're very bad at kind of everything else. And tell me about those scratchers that you had. Oh, they're pull tabs. Yeah, I want two dollars in pull tabs. <laughs> On what kind of pull tabs, though? Well, uh, yeah, they they were uh, in your honor, Meredith, because they have all these different kinds of pull tabs. And uh, hang on, I'm going to see if I can find, I'll, maybe it's a good show picture. Oh, I'm scrolling, so many pictures. Sorry, somebody had the license plate You put hooping. it in Tishi chat somewhere. Keep going here, so there it is. Did, yeah, they were, Did they I miss were that? Wonky. Yeah. Wonky oh, winnings. yeah. <laughs> and we did. We wonky won two bucks. Hell yeah. Seems Only about right for Only cost me 20 wonky. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> does it, good does return it count. on investment. <laughs> does it count? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wait. Here's the one I was actually looking for. This is 17-year-old Aiden. Or I assume 17, right? 
I think so. Yeah. Whatever. He's he's not quite a not quite a child and not quite a woman. I don't know. (laughs) That's also how old Wonky is. And not to divert, but like we recently were like, wait a minute, she's going to turn eighteen next year. We're going to have to like take her to a liquor store and let her buy (laughs) a lottery ticket and some cigarettes and some porn. But we don't know when her birthday is. So we did a very elaborate thing. Gregory came up with this great. So he read every just side. Sorry, side. Sidebar. We read um, every horoscope from that day to see which one fit her the most. And we've figured on cancer. And then we did like a high low or what did he call it? Top bottom, which I think is unfortunate. Um, But it was like based on like things that we thought she was going to do. So if she does this, then 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 it's the first half of that time block. And if she doesn't, then it's the second half. And then we kind of slowly narrowed it down based on like which of the slots of her food puzzle did she choose first? And so we decided on July 7th is her birthday. Okay. This all sounds very scientific. It was very scientific. Yeah. So next year, July 7th, assuming she's still around, knock on wood, we're going to, we're going to take her to the store and get her some 18. Seven, seven. That's good. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Monkey's sorry. Hitting the strip clubs. Yep. <laughs> and she'll be able to buy, maybe she'll be able to buy some, buy some pull tabs. Oh, she could join the army. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd take her. Uh, all, all to say it was a good trip. I also um, pretended I was young and I came back on a red eye Monday night. Ugh. Oh, you I did didn't, few, Bobby. I did sleep a few hours. Horrible. Well, I was in first class, so it was fine. Um, I had a life lap. So I was... I slept for a few hours. The problem is that the flight back is actually shorter than you think. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's four and a half hours when you get the jet stream just right. And we did from Seattle to Boston. And then, you know, it's up for the first hour. Cause I'm not going to not, I'm not going to cash in that many points for a flight and not eat the meal. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I had a couple of drinks, drinky drinks. And then I put myself to sleep for about three hours on the plane and I woke up and suddenly it's five thirty in the morning in Boston and I got to drive two and a half hours back to Albany. I like oh, that time God. travel that happens when you fly across the country like that. Yeah. So I, I did and I stayed up all day and did all my work. Oh, I have one other success. I think you, the, those of you on Facebook already saw this, but um, Blanton's bourbon. I have been on my, uh, I've had my eyes open for Blanton's. I'm literally on a list at our local wine and liquor store, like the nice one. And I know the owner and he's a nice guy. I'm on the list of people who are like, can you please call me if you get a bottle of Blanton's in? Because I think that's Gregory's favorite, too, and it's really hard to yeah, find. It is very, very hard to find right now. When we toured the distillery that makes Blanton's, they did not have any in the gift shop. They were bottling wow. it that day, but there's such a demand that they have to, like, ration it. It's all spoken for already. We walked into a strip mall in – or we pulled into a strip mall in Kent, Washington, the height of culture, gateway to <laughs> yes. the Maple Valley – a strip mall that included a little liquor store, a Chuck E. Cheese, and a sex shop. Hey, sounds about right. And in which order did you visit these? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was still buzzing when I got into the liquor store. So um, we go into the liquor store. We're getting other supplies. You know, we're just sort of getting ready for another day of debauchery. And as we're leaving, I look up behind the counter and don't I see a fucking bottle of Blanton's on the top shelf next to some other stuff, you know, and there's a handwritten note card sign, like, hand, like tacked to the shelf that says it's 120 bucks. And that's actually good. The ones in Albany, when they've come through, have been selling for $200 without batting an eye. And I would not pay that much, but I saw it there and I thought, 
that's that's bonkers that that's there. We got out to the car, and I just thought to myself, that's how is that here of all places? And I talked myself into going to buy it. I texted well, Sam, and even she was like, "Go get it. It's your favorite. Just go get it. You're on vacation. It's your souvenir." Yeah, so it's a good one. I went in. I went back in, and I looked in the, the. I had been working. The father had checked us out. Now the son was behind the counter. He was very confused. The father came out, and I was like, "I want that one. Do you have the box?" Because like, if I'm going to pay 120 bucks for it, I'd like the box that came in. Sure enough, the guy walks out. He's got three more in the back. Whoa! And they are collectible. The um, the stoppers in them, they hit, they come in different letters. They all spell out plans. And guys, and I'm going to say guys because I think it's probably only guys, collect them so they can spell out the word Blanton's with all the stoppers. Oh and gosh. he immediately said to me, he's like, are you looking for a certain letter? Like, no, I'm not. But thank you for asking. And also just this random strip mall where we were running in to buy, you know, moderately priced bourbon and soda. <laughs> and That's uh, sweet of him. And he had these bottles. So I got one in the box. It, it's like a crown royal. It has a bag around it in the box. I got the bag. I never get the bag. And it survived the plane, okay? Yeah, so I had to check my bag back, which I never do. Um, and so I had to be in, I had to wait for the carousel after. I got off the plane. I'm half asleep. Everybody shuffles over to carousel eight. Carousel eight is closed. Like, like construction thing around it. Don't come over here. And then somebody says, oh, it's seven. Okay. And then we hear somebody just yells in the back, you know, JetBlue, whatever, Boston is number three. <laughs> and we all walk all the way to the other end of the luggage things. And then sure enough, it was seven and everybody walks back. <laughs> and oh I was so mad. I was half asleep. I was sweaty in that way. You're sweaty after you sleep on a plane. Yeah. Or it's both too hot and too cold. All I've the never time. slept on a plane, but I <laughs> Me neither. I know. I kind of know what you the mean. The trick is to get a lie flat seat. Um, <clears throat> I got my bag. The bourbon made it. True. And I, I hightailed it out of there. I parked in the garage right at the airport. And so I just, and I got in the car and I drove straight two and a half hours without stopping. I didn't stop for anything. And just Damn. took a shower and then jumped into a 10 a.m. work meeting. Was, Ugh, forget it. On Zoom, uh, thankfully. Um, it was one of those days where I was wearing like a sport coat and then gym shorts. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great trip. It was nice to see Will um, and Nikki and the kid. Uh, no Bailey sightings. She was not around. Off with her friends in college and being an adult. Terrifying. Um, yeah, Gus also, by the way, um, has grown approximately four and a half feet since the last time I saw him. But he's oh. just a little baby. He's eight. Know, right? Right. <laughs> Perpetually. He's just an adorable tuft of hair. That's all I remember. <laughs> but no, now there's an entire adult under it. Um, Phyllis, so many tens, so many people. Kate, um, lots of hugging, lots of uh, catching up, lots of. At one point, Will drank from one of my drinks, and I was just like, "God damn it! There's no way I get through this trip." But so far, so good. Fingers crossed. Oh God. So far, so good. If I get through this wedding, if I get COVID next week, that'll be a lot better than if I get it this week. So, see. Okay, but you're lacking the most important thing that happened on your trip. Uh, going to Staples? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So the great Staples update. Um, as previously discussed, I had $40 in Staples money. Uh, it's like Cole's cash, but for nerds. And it <laughs> was expiring at the end of July. And I made a, a terrible and great revelation while I was in Seattle, which is that $20 of it was an in-person, in-store only voucher. That's such bullshit. Yeah. Well, they want you to, it's, you know, they're trying to get you in the door, right? It's of a, course. I guess, yeah. So, I showed them because... I don't want to walk down the wall of paper. 
uh, Will McQuillan and I took a side trip to uh, the Kent Washington Staples. Oh, my God, that man is an angel. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. He wouldn't let me rent a car, by the way. I have one lined up, and he was like, cancel that reservation. How you dare love you? renting a car. I'm like, no, please drive me so around. I. I don't. I, no, I don't want to rent a car. Oh, I, I want the no, freedom. I, Forget uh, it. Well, I, that's because you want to be a passenger princess. Hillary. Yes. I know that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, please drive me. Um, yeah, notice he offered. He was like, hey, if you need a car, if you have to run any errands, you can just take the CRV. He was very clear to say, I'm not taking the Beamer. <laughs> It's like, you can take the car that is Aiden's car when he's now driving the Miata. All right, fine. Anyway, uh, we went into Staples. We walked around. We looked at the clearance shelves for a little bit. And then we went up front and uh, we met the manager, who was a very nice young woman, and uh, and just very clearly explained the situation. I have $40 in Staples money. It has to be uh, used today. I want to use all of it. Um and I, no more. <laughs> it must yes, exactly. And no more. And it must be frivolous, or at least somewhat frivolous. I did among the forty dollar items, I did buy a, an extra phone charging cable because I just had so much to spend. Um and I was like, and we have I have a podcast and I want to give away what I buy to the listeners. So it has to be as awkward and funny as you can muster at a staples. Oh my god! And here's She's probably we... like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> she quite enjoyed it, actually. She really, uh, as the kids say, she understood the assignment. Okay. So, uh, I purchased uh, well six things, counting the phone charger. But you're not getting the phone charger. Uh, that is mine. So five other things. Um, we got really we got a lot of help from the clearance section because a couple of these things were like three bucks, four bucks. We got a warmies. Snuggable, huggable, lovable, warm me in a microwave teddy bear. It's got those beads in it, I guess, like those neck warmers have. Adorable. Uh, But it's a bear. And so I think one of you said, and I don't remember who, when we were on our jambo, this is how kids learn to put animals in the microwave. I said that (laughs) because that's what I think, but I hope that's not the reality. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, because I checked my bag, I was able to blow out the zipper that makes it bigger, which was good because I needed it for all this shit. So uh, we have the warmable bear. I think that's one of the, the top end items in here, even though it was, I think, four bucks because she said they had all case of them in the back and nobody ever wants to buy them. So they just made up prices for it for me. <laughs> we have the warmies bear. Uh, next, we have a new inbox and I think needing to be assembled ab roller. <laughs> so a wheel with handles uh i guess maybe they thought people would keep it like under their desk when they have a minute do you just call it a wheel with handles <laughs> that's what it is that's what it is <laughs> it's dual wheel stable support build your abs and train endurance ab sure roller. okay so uh somebody if you're looking to get fit that's a prize that could be for you um the third is a 10 soft gel pack of gas x <laughs> Relieves gas fast. And I know what you're thinking. Bobby, Will, you're so childish. Uh, nope, that one was the idea of the Staples manager. <laughs> she thought it would be funny. So, Are, I, we, I um, are we allowed to win these prizes based on our <laughs> need? Yeah. Yeah. Case. If you can make your case, yeah. I Maybe mean, the I spouse we'll... needs it <laughs> or something. Just uh, wow. throwing that out there. A hypothetical uh, it's, situation. It's blew up his spot, but it sounds like he did it himself. Yeah, um, regularly. Gross. Uh, for any of you who have an ant out there, um, I found a Staples branded mouse pad 
that has uh, the grumpy cat on it, and it says, I had fun once. It was awful. So if you need a grumpy cat meme mouse pad, let's talk. Like 10 years ago. (laughs) They had a whole lot of them, too. So. Uh, and then last, uh, speaking about whether or not hosts can win prizes, this one I basically got thinking of Hillary. It is a GoPop original popping game mini keychain. It's got it's one of those plastic things that just is them. oddly satisfying when you just pop them. the bubbles on it over and over again. I have it seemed several. like a like a fidget toy. Yes, yes. it was. Mm-hmm. I stole them from my my kids would get little packs of fidget toys, and I'm like that will be mine now because I like to sit in my bed and watch TV and. <laughs> Like the fidget spinners never like satisfied whatever spectrum itch I have, but those little poppet things really do it. Yes, indeed. Um, speaking of satisfying, I did hear a story on this trip about somebody who realized they like a toy more than a person. Uh, but maybe we'll save that for the Patreon because does <laughs> that like story. after hours? Yeah, after, after hours. dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next TC after dark, I will get that person on to maybe come tell that story. Okay. Uh, so I don't know how we're going to give these away yet. And we also have a lot of show left to go. So maybe we won't figure it out now. But yeah. um, future Tishi giveaway prizes. And I will mail these to winners. So we will figure something out. It's the Warmies, Microwavable Bear, the Ab Roller, the Gas X, the, uh, <laughs> the Grumpy Cat Mouse Pad, and the Go Pop uh, keychain. And all together, that rang up to $0 after the coupons. Ooh. And I think I have um, the total I used. I think I was thirty cents short in the end. I believe we got wow. to thirty nine seventy. Pretty good. Yeah. So I was pretty proud of myself. Thank you, Will, for tolerating this. <laughs> I mean, let's not wait too long to do this giveaway contest prize, mm-hmm. whatever. Because when everybody hears this, they're just going to be wild to Clamoring. get these prizes, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's an essay contest, folks. Send me. A, no, we'll come up with something. We'll... Oh, don't make us read essays. No. <laughs> Speaking of essays, it's time to go to the mailbag. <laughs> right? We asked you what movie makes you think of Washington State or uh, Oregon. And uh, we got some answers, people. Uh, yes, not by did. email, but uh, we got some people had thoughts on this. So uh, Denny writes, uh, when you're discussing movies that evoke the PNW, they mostly were set in Seattle. I was reminded of two I saw in the theater. The first was Cinderella Liberty, starring James Caan and Marsha, Mas- uh, Marsha Mason. Shot in 1973. The pilot... Excuse me, the plot is a stretch, but Seattle looks just like a city I moved to in 1974. The second is American Heart with Jeff Bridges and Edward Furlong. It may be sad when I watched it, but it involves homeless teens and the difficulties of being an ex-con. Seattle is not very polished in this one either. Hmm. A couple of classics there, and it's not the only time we'll see Cinderella Liberty on the list. Kalina writes, for Washington, it's always and forever. Harry and the Hendersons. That's the correct answer. Kalina, very good. Oregon always thinks of Stand By Me, uh, but because uh, the scene where Will Wheaton goes into the store to buy a loaf of bread and bologna, uh, it was filmed in Lincoln City, Oregon. The store was a shell station owned by my great-grandparents back in the 60s and 70s. It's a big part of my family's history. Probably doesn't count because I don't think the movie is even set in Oregon, but still. That's cool. It was set in your ability to brag, though, Kalina. (laughs) I mean, it's got to be set in Maine or something, right? Gotta be. Megan says Goonies and 10 Things I Hate About You. So quotable. Yep. Um, Bree says, Free Willy, I think. Please look at picture. No, that was me. That was my edit. I was like, I think this is Free Willy. 
I I remember seeing Free Willy, but I don't remember. I only remember one scene from Free Willy. I'm sure you can guess which one. I think Free no. Willy was <clears throat> was one of those movies that came out. And like when we were just a little bit too old to be interested in that, yep. like I was like, mm, that's like baby stuff. I'm yep. not into Agreed. it. Yeah. Yeah. The whale makes it. Spoiler alert. Uh, I just wonder how many times they had to film that scene because it's quite a jump. Uh, Kristen writes Animal House. Every time we visit Jane and Eugene, we all go by the iconic spots from the movie. I didn't realize that was or- uh, uh, Oregon. I didn't either. Kind of regret not making that my choice now. I mean, hard to go wrong with Harry and the Hendersons, but I haven't watched <laughs> Animal House in a long time. There's no way it lives up, right? Like, it can't no. be that good. Like, no. I'm cool with not seeing it. <laughs> oh, there's a million things wrong with it. Yeah, let's not. But but all of the uh, the T-shirt I have that, that I got as a freshman that says college on it, mm-hmm. you know, because they were trying to sell me a credit card in the student union. Uh, uh, anyway, Tanya says singles and sleepless in Seattle, kind of on the nose, but yeah, that didn't stop us. Don't worry about it. Definitely Goonies, Harry and the Hendersons. Jack I mean, writes. I, I think I stipulated on sleepless in Seattle, absolutely on the nose, but it's so on the nose that to not do it would be weird. Yes, yes right. totally agree. Totally That's agree. That's fair. Uh, Jack, the movie that returns me to the Seattle of my youth is Cinderella Liberty. This 1973 made when I was 15 brings back so many memories, including CD First Avenue with its triple X movie theaters. Those are the days, right, Jack? A much dirtier Pike Place Market, a Blue Streak City Buses, Gasworks Park, and the old Ferry Dock. As a kid, I used to ride the bus for 15 cents paid in pennies downtown <laughs> at least twice a month ago to Golden Age Collectibles, a, golden, a comic book shop in the basement of Pike Place Market. Honorable Seattle movie mentions go to The Fabulous Baker Boys, Harry in Your Pocket, and the opening scenes of The Parallax View. Ooh, that's a Um, movie I've been meaning to watch. I've never seen it. Go to the Facebook page for a YouTube link on Jack's comment. Uh, Jessica says, others have said Goonies and Harry and the Hendersons. Megan, Animal House, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and while I haven't seen it, Twilight is another one filmed yeah. in the BMW. Oh, don't worry. We we almost did it. We were we so close. <laughs> dodged a bullet on that one. We threatened. At yeah. least it's a baseball movie. Uh, Scott, Singles is the essential Seattle film for me. For Oregon, First Blood. The first Rambo movie is surprisingly good and set in a small town in Oregon. I thought Rambo was set in Vietnam or something. <laughs> Shows you what I know. He's a Vietnam Jones? vet, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe um, the origin. I have not watched First Blood. I no. Think ever. Uh-uh. Yeah. Amanda says most definitely singles and Vision Quest for Spokane. It was filmed there when I was in high school. Rosemary def- says Goonies. <clears throat> Lane says Benny and June and Drugstore Cowboy. I love Benny and June for the record. God, Benny and June is. It's like. The most 1993 movie. Yeah. I don't know if it's 1993, yeah. but that's where it's it slotted. Yeah. Uh, Andrew says, an officer and a gentleman for Washington. That was my runner-up choice for Washington. And leave no trace for Oregon. I Joseph says, I've never yeah. seen it. Just, we only have to watch like the last 10 minutes of an officer. I mean, it's a good movie, but just that yeah. final sequence is the part that really. And when Sam and I went to Port Townsend and, and went to the Fort Warden, I was just like, oh, there somebody it is. Carry, carry me out of here. Um, Joseph says, my earliest memory of a movie set in Washington is War Games. Oh, no, no, uh, Joseph. That's a no, Colorado that's... <laughs> movie. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, <clears throat> According uh, to some people on this podcast, <laughs> Joseph, who it is, in watched, fact, a Colorado yeah. movie. 
jump first onto a ferry boat at the last minute. My, pers- my personal favorite two Washington movies, Sleepless in Seattle and The Vanishing, because my dad had a scene with Tom Hanks in one and a scene with Jeff Bridges in the other. Whoa. Tell us more. Wow. Ragging. Yeah, wait a minute. Joseph, you star brushes with fame. Yeah. Kristen writes, I forgot that Overboard was in Oregon slash Washington. Has anybody seen the updated Anna Ferris remake? No. No. You know, Overboard's one of those movies where I like loved it when I was when I saw it in the theater in like 1987 or whatever to the mm-hmm. point where I asked my mom if it was going to win best picture and she was like <laughs> no um, but when you think and it is really funny and Goldie Hawn is just a very charming person in it but when you mm-hmm. think about like when I watched The Parent Trap this weekend with Bridget when you just really think about the premise of the movie it is it's, it's horrifying it's, it's horrifying like, <laughs> no. Kurt Russell like, is essentially like trafficking her yes yep Yes. There's so much wrong with it. She's so funny that you're like, oh, whatever. It's it's funny and it's light and whatever. And it's just as horrible. Really, when I was watching The Parent Trap this weekend, I'm like, how did a parent do this? Like, I don't understand how you willingly give away a child and just never talk to that child again that you know is alive and fine and whatever. <laughs> like, how do you do that? We've got anyway. two babies, one for each of us. <laughs> no, perfect. Uh, Easier than baby. cutting one in half. Uh, and those are your Washington and Oregon movies. And uh, eventually, we're going to somehow go to Alaska and Hawaii <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Will it's going to be like, handle that. It's like the magic school bus or something. We're going to like <laughs> go microscopic. Miss Frizzle will go with us. Right? Oh, right. We could totally. Because I see, I see license plates from Hawaii here all the time. Yeah. So it's like that you can just ship it, literally. Um, All right. Well, thank you everybody for for joining in on that. Yeah. I'm. I might have to. I got to go rewatch an officer and a gentleman now, but not yet because yes. Hillary, you need to take us into and through the Tishi sliding doors. Well, first you need to watch sliding doors, um, mm, which I, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I don't really need to. It's funny because you know, obviously, when I saw it, it was like one. I loved Gwyneth at the time. <clears throat> Two, I you know, it was the late '90s when sliding doors came out, which was very much a I want to move to London and have like a Bridget Jones kind of lifestyle. You know, it was just like all the chiclet of the time was based in London. I thought, oh, this is so cool. And so when I saw the movie, and I'm sure I was in college, I loved it. I thought it was just so fun and funny and so urban and cool. And I have rewatched it. I rewatched it once in the pandemic, and then I rewatched it again because I was like, well, it's on Hulu or something. I'll give it a whirl. And I'm like, this is a really bad movie. Like, this is a really – I mean, there's a couple parts that make me laugh, like – the, one of the guy's friends is sort of funny, but otherwise it's... And John Hanna's very charming. Um, is it, it a is, comedy? Is it intended to be a comedy? It's like a... Dramedy. Dramedy, I would say. Like, there's he, there's a, a friend that's... Uh, there, there are comedic parts, but it, I would say it's a little bit more serious. But it, it's like a, it's like a, a novel of that time, you know, sort like... romantic the, dramedy? Yeah, like um, like Confessions of a Shopaholic or whatever. Those kind of movies that are just like, or Bridget Jones where it's funny-ish, but there's 
you know, a story that's somewhat serious. And anyway, it's a very so silly saying, movie. So you're saying we don't have to watch Sliding You Doors? do not have to watch it. It is a very good two-screener. But And you can always just look up and see which Gwyneth are they talking about because one has bright blonde hair and, like I said, a Gosselin-esque haircut. And the other one has, like, mousy brown hair. But, yes, the, the concept, if you're unaware, which I'm sure you're not, is that she misses her train, her tube, um, her train, and she... She does Splits a fake into- British British accent the whole time. Yes, BTS. yes. as she does in several movies. Yeah, she's not bad, but she just does a posh accent. I mean, yeah. that's kind of. And of she says she wanker like so many times. I'm like, <laughs> I don't really think that they say wanker that many times. Um, but she becomes essentially two people, one living one life, one living another life. And, you know, it's a silly movie, but it's right. As a concept, it's just you have to make choices all the time. And as you get older... Um, there are more serious choices that you have to make. I and mean, when you're a little kid, it's not as big of a deal. But once you're like in high school or 20s and all that, it becomes like life changing. So Meredith very wisely thought, let's talk about some inflection points that you have in your life. Um, and let's start with Anne. You go first. Mm. Um, I don't know if I maybe misinterpreted the assignment a little bit. Of the way that we were talking about it earlier, Meredith was characterizing more as like small decisions sure. that you made that sure. led to diversion paths. But I went more with what you just said, Hillary, with the inflection point in my life where I made a decision that led me down a very different path. So this is not a small decision, but I would say my college choice was probably the biggest inflection point in my life. Um because I so I went to Case Western Reserve University in the great state of Ohio, in the beautiful city of Cleveland, um, <laughs> and it was looking back on it not the right choice for me. And sure, I'm here now, and I you know got a math degree and an English degree <laughs> and some other stuff along the way, and it was an incredibly rigorous school. Um, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. And it was four years of being very sad and struggling a lot and being very isolated. And I wasn't happy being so far away from my family. And, you know, Hillary, you went far away from your family. And I don't know, maybe you just loved it. But Cleveland, um, is a 12 to 14 hour drive. Um, So it just wasn't possible. And there aren't a lot of people from the Twin Cities who are going to be driving back and forth. So it was like Christmas only when I flew. And so for the first time in my life, I was just totally cut off without any kind of support system and really deeply, deeply sad and depressed. And uh, it was, and I mean this in um, the nicest way, a school full of super nerds. (laughs) and like in some ways that fits me but I think I would have been better at a smaller college closer to home like uh St. Olaf College here is a really really good school uh that's about 90 minutes away from the Twin Cities but more importantly it has a great choral program and I think I would have been much happier. And, you know, I don't know that where you go to school matters that much in Mm. your life path. I mean, I got 
essentially a free education. That's not true. I paid for a lot of it and I got big scholarships and then my dad kicked in a little at the end. But um, I don't know. It always, I always wonder how the trajectory of my life would be different if I had gone to a place where I felt happier and more connected and less isolated, I guess. So I would say that was like, I don't know. I, we talk about these and it's so hard to know, like, yes, what would have happened to the non-choice. But I think I would have had a much better college experience if I'd gone somewhere else. So So maybe it doesn't matter in the long run, but in the short run, it matters. And those four years feel really long. Yeah. And you're unhappy. Yep. Yep. And when you're like calling your mother every Sunday and just crying on the phone and she told me in later years that she was afraid she was going to have to get on a plane and come get me because I was so sad. So and I, you know, I made some really good friends there, too, who I still keep in touch with. But uh, and and maybe it wouldn't have mattered where I went because I still would have had depression no matter where I went. But but. Who knows? That just was it seems... exacerbated there. Yeah, yeah, I think probably it was, and also being on that campus, I it, it, case is a, in a strange location because on one side of the school you have Cleveland Heights, which is a really rich part of town. Like there's a house there that is stone and has battlements. For wow. like for reals, these huge houses, like almost estates, and on the other side of campus is just a straight up slum. Let's yeah. you know, incredible poverty there and lots of violence. And so I felt really trapped on campus, and you couldn't be out by yourself in the dark. You know, you couldn't go to McDonald's after the sun went down because it wasn't safe. And so like that really limited me i think so yeah yeah i don't know well i mean on that note i also chose i chose one big one and one little one so listen we're we're all splitting the difference as far as that goes Mm -hmm. but yeah no i mean college is a big it's a big choice uh and i thought about it a lot um but on that note bobby why don't you go yeah mine are Mine are a little smaller. I mean, they're big, big, big impact, but really small moments. Um, so it's not going to be when we stupidly thought, well, we'll offer 40 less than this house is worth, and we'll see if they take our ridiculously low offer and then end up with a house in Buffalo that we're not living in and can barely <laughs> afford to fix. <laughs> Being house poor is not one of the two I picked. Um, when I was a sophomore in college, and I was working at a an on-campus coffee shop, um, which I hated because the manager was um, what seemed to be at the time, and I think still was, just discriminately uh, uh, firing all the men who worked there and replacing us with um, surprisingly ditzy and attractive women. Oh. Uh, systematically I I decided that I no longer cared about that job and so I just started fucking around at that job and uh, one night I had one of these um, women working with me and I was sort of training her and she was 
helping clean up at the end of the night. And unbeknownst to me, she had um, flipped off uh, an ice cream cooler. Um, Wait, she gave it the middle finger or she turned it? She turned it off. from on to off. She okay. switched it to off, I guess, while she was cleaning somehow. I, I still don't know how. And, uh, you know, five or six of those gigantic tubs of food service ice cream melted a little bit overnight to the point where they had to be tossed. Not the um, ice this cream. Was a, this was a coffee shop that was also a Hershey creation station because <laughs> they weren't going to get the rights to Coldstone. Uh, and so uh, I was in trouble. Because uh, I had also been drinking that night <laughs> uh, at work because I really didn't care about that job. And so uh, she did not get in trouble. I'm the one who got to, in trouble for that. Uh, and because of all of this, I, I chose to um, resign instead of being fired. I, I wrote a scathing uh, letter about his lack of management. I got the job because the company that ran it was out of, out of Rochester and I knew people there. They were distributors for the coffee that I sold at the shop I worked at in high school. And they really liked me. And so I just wrote this letter being like, this guy's an asshole. Here's what's going on out here in Buffalo. Fuck you, I'm out. That is not the little thing. That was a big thing. The little thing is that I went back to my dorm room and was like, I need a job. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just quit my job and I'm, I'm screwed. I, I, was, you know, I worked my way through school. I needed my job. And, and so in the middle of the night, uh, after probably a few more drinks, um. Remember, I was 19 at the time. I think that was the problem with me drinking at work more than anything. Uh, 19 or 20. I uh, sat down and I was like, I want to work somewhere that makes a difference. Damn it. And I thought to myself, the biggest arts group in town is the that orchestra, Buffalo Philharmonic. I don't know anything about orchestras. I'm a singer. But fuck it. Whatever. I, I opened up their website. I found the name of their marketing director and I sent him an email. And it's this guy, Steve Baker, who I'm still friends with, uh, acquaintances anyway out in the world. And I was just like, you don't know me. Here's here's who I am. Here's my resume. If there's any way I can help. There wasn't a job open or anything. I was just like, if there's any way I can help, I would love to just come in and see what I could do. Uh, let me know. Just this blind, no, whatever, completely cold. Uh, don't I get an email back like half an hour later in the middle of the night from Steve Baker? And he essentially writes, I'm up right now writing a press release. I should not be up right now writing a press release. Can you come in on Friday? And I came in. I met with him and his uh, department assistant, and they hired me to work part-time doing copywriting and whatever other errands they needed run. Wow. Making 10 bucks an hour. Um, and I quickly turned that into like 20 hours a week. Um, I learned everything. I mean, I'm still learning, but like I learned so much about the business. I immediately inserted myself into every meeting that I didn't get thrown out of. I ingratiated myself to every department. I was at every concert. Um, I was just, I snuck into rehearsals. I did everything I could to just be useful and a little annoying. Um, and it was could, all would because Would you say I, that you were hustling? Yeah, 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 could, something like could that. this be one of the advents of the f- infamous Bobby hustling? Oh no, you were I doing mean, it when you were a kid too. But you, oh, I was doing it when I was a hustle, kid. I mean, you I, hustle, right? Like I think yeah, hus- yeah, it's just in my nature. But like, kid. yeah, but also just like I wasn't actively thinking about like I'm going to make myself indisposable here and I'm going to get a job and I'm going to do this for life. It was more like this is a fascinating world. I want to know about it because I don't do things if I can't do them well. 
I mean, that's it's why I don't fail very often is because I just know better. Like I just see something. I'm never doing that. That's stupid. Or I don't tell people when I fail, but um, I just, you know, I wrote that one email in the middle of the night because I just got on a wild hair and thought, where can I go do something where my skills will match being useful in a fulfilling way? And it worked. It just completely worked. And then the, the coda on this story is that, you know, several years later, I left the BPO after about a year and a half because I needed a job that was a little more substantial. I worked at a law firm for a year. Uh, I did some other stuff. I, I ended up going and working in the education department at the public television station for about six months. And then um, one night, uh, which was actually, I was still at the law firm at the time. Um, I was working late shift. I was working uh, like 1 p.m. to 9 p.m., I was working my cubicle job in the afternoon, and then in the evening, I was supervising a team of night workers doing document processing. This was in the height of the housing bubble burst, and it was a law firm that represented the banks, and it was perhaps the most depressing place on earth because we were just churning out foreclosures, and it was a giant oh. cubicle farm. And um, I was just organized enough that for $27,000 a year, I was happy to have this job. And I was so fed up one night with how miserable it was there that I just left. I just walked out halfway through my shift. Similar, I guess, to the coffee shop. I don't know. I just like quitting jobs. Um, I didn't quit, actually. I just snuck out. I went back the next day. But um, I went. I stopped at Kmart on the way up to a concert, an outdoor concert that I decided to go to on a whim. I bought a lawn chair so I could sit on the lawn seats because they're the only seats I could afford. I went to this this place up near Niagara Falls because Diana Krall was playing and I just loved her and still do and want to see her. And I sat alone in my chair watching this Diana Krall concert thinking about what the heck I was going to do because I just walked out of work and I bumped into the sales manager from the Buffalo Phil and he remembered me uh, probably because I was so persistent when I was there before and he just he came right over to me and he just said we lost a couple of people recently. We need a little bit of part-time help doing a couple of these specific little projects hourly, just here and there, a little, maybe a monthly contract. Would you be willing to come back just a few minutes here and there? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Anything to do what I'm not doing right now. And I, I went back, did that. And then when a full-time job opened up a few months later, I went right back into it. And that's how I ended up in fundraising. So just one email as a sophomore in college put me on my entire career trajectory even with a break in the middle. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I still think about that. And Steve's a bit of a, a bit of a goofball. I hope he's not listening. Um, <laughs> and he was hard to work with at times because of it. But um, a, a more straight laced marketing director probably never would have answered my email. So yeah, I got lucky. Cool. Um, um, Meredith. Yeah, does Meredith also have major life lessons in it? Mm, no um <laughs> this, one, <laughs> this one is kind of how so okay i finished grad school in 2009 by the skin of my teeth um and i moved to detroit like the second i graduated like i had a graduation party at my apartment and i moved the next day like get me out of here I'm leaving. <laughs> so that was my move from Grand Rapids to Detroit. And um, I moved because I had been in talks with people at Henry Ford Hospital 
They didn't have a position for me. They had to create one. And that was how I learned that HR moves glacially slow and ridiculous and full of idiots. It was very frustrating, but informative. So I moved there three months before I actually started my job. Luckily, I had enough savings to last me and I was fine. Um, But eventually, a, a year later, bought a house in Ferndale, Michigan, which is an inner ring suburb. Um, I'm sure you all know eight mile. This was at about eight and a half mile. (laughs) And um, buying that house, you know, it was built in the forties, I think, and it needed some work. So there were a lot of hours um, spent, you know, uh, you know, painting walls and scraping the garage and repainting the garage and planting a garden because there was nothing in the front and blah, blah, blah. And this was 2010. I was like, I'm sick of listening to the music I'm listening to all the time. I'm going to check out these new podcast thingies. (laughs) (laughs) So I download like what was available at the time was like NPR podcasts and I download wait wait and I'm like oh I know wait wait don't tell me I listen to that on the radio that's fun because I've listened to NPR my whole life my parents were NPR people it was always on the radio like all day long in the car at home Mm -hmm. so and I hear Luke and he mentions that he has a podcast or Peter Sagal mentions that he hosts a podcast I'm like oh cool another podcast (laughs) And so I download TBTL, and that's how I started listening to TBTL. And I have a very, very distinct memory of digging up the garbage that was in the front garden bed of my first house, um, like killing my back, even though I was only 28 and didn't have a back to kill hardly, um, while listening to Wait, Wait, and then early days of TBTL. Um, And so that very weird situation and kind of like need to have some sort of diversion while I'm doing all these tedious chores is what led me to listen to TBTL, which eventually led me to commenting on the Facebook page, which eventually (laughs) led to Mike (laughs) thinking that for some reason, something I said was funny and contacting me and making friends and then asking me to fill in while his wife was having brain surgery. (laughs) And that's how I got here. (laughs) Oh, that stupid podcast. I know. I remember when you were on TBTL. It was yeah, I, when they were doing the week of, I don't remember what it was. But it was Bing Promotions. Bing Promotions. That's what it was. And you yep. volunteered to do like urban foraging, urban foraging. or something. Yep. And, I, and, and you made an apple pie with apples that you found in the wild. I sure did. It was crab apples. Yep. It was, but I, I we were a weird. long, long way from knowing each other at that point. But I distinctly remember uh, listening to that segment. Yeah, I found some weird fruits in a tree that were disgusting. I found <laughs> some interesting, um, like ground roots. Uh, I found garlic in an alley, like literal <laughs> garlic, and Gross. that was amazing. No, it was great. I, <laughs> I garbage pulled it garlic. I, I sauteed <laughs> it with some greens. Um, I cooked everything, like I ate everything that I found. Um, oh my God. It, what else did I find? There was uh, like a bag of nerds and some, like, some baked beans <laughs> like in a tree stump that I found. I didn't eat those. Um, I found a 
like some stuff on somebody's porch um and then my friend john who lives where where i was foraging gave me a beer and i have pictures of all this and i still have them um but yeah i i picked a bunch of crab apples and made a crab apple pie it needed a lot of sugar i imagine it did but this was the same era of like you know champagne sabering remember that Mm -hmm. yes it was the same week yeah (laughs) Oh, well, I'm glad you found it in that wonky way. Yep. Um, Mine is a small one. Um, I was just thinking there there was one that I was going to tell, but then I realized I told it on the last show that we played. So I'm just, I guess, a little bit cyclical about this. But I was thinking at like small moments that I, I don't know, decide to do something and it and it does change my life, but it is very small. So I, my um, sophomore year in high school, I um, was in honor Spanish because at some point in my life, I was very good at Spanish and we were going to SMU, which is in my neighborhood to go um, to the art museum to see, I can't even remember at this point, some Spanish artist. And weirdly they let us um, take our own cars, which seems kind of weird that they were like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I mean, I, I think it, there just wasn't that much oversight. So I, um, I rode with somebody and then on the way back, um, this girl, Emily, who I had known, but I wasn't that good of friends with, like we, we were friendly. We were sort of roughly in the same friend group. I was not that good of friends with her. She was like, Hey, do you want to ride back with me? And she had just gotten a car. She, her dad had similar to like Aiden and actually her dad did work in the uh, airline industry, similar to Aiden. She had this like little car. It wasn't on a Miata. It was a rabbit. Um, a red rabbit <laughs> convertible. And wow. I was like, Oh my God, I love your, like, that was like my dream car. I mean, it was so beat up. It was like a stick ship with no power steering, but I loved it anyway. And I said, Oh, can I ride in your car? And she said, yeah. And I said, can I smoke in your car? And she was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so we left and we didn't go back to school and we just like went around, drove around, smoked cigarettes, went to some lawn somewhere, smoked some more cigarettes. She told me about this guy she had a crush on that she was, was used to be her debate partner. Fast forward, they were married like 10 years later. Um, and, um, anyway, it was just one of those moments where somebody kind of offered me a ride and I was like, I kind of like that girl, but I don't really know her that well. And she's still uh, one of my best friends. And we lived together in, um, Cal and Berkeley. And we, uh, she was in my wedding. I was in her wedding. Um, and we're still really, really close to this day. So it was just like one of those people that I wouldn't necessarily have been best friends with. And I am, and actually she and Missy and I have, we're, we're just like three best friends. So it's, you know, little Aww. little change. Yeah, it was very Aww. cool. And I still look, God, I love that car so much. <laughs> oh, it was the best. We used to drive around and go like drive up into like the country and listen to, I don't know why she had all these like 80, like Skid Row 80s like tapes and we would blast Skid Row and smoke cigarettes with the top down. We thought we were hot shit. <laughs> we were not, but we thought we were. Um, kind of were. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. And. It looks like uh, Arch Project, but I don't think that's what it is. It, it It's not. It actually <laughs> goes along with Meredith's last one for sure. Um, in that, I guess, I also used to listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And I also took note of a, a young Luke Burbank. And he, they said his podcast was called Too Beautiful Live. And I thought, haha, I have to check out something like that that has such a ridiculous ironic name 
Uh, and then I checked it out and I realized, no, it's actually a very earnest name. But uh, then I was in, in deep uh, listening to TBTL and not commenting on the Facebook page and not interacting with the show in any way because I was <laughs> very because uh, I'm not a joiner. Let's put you it that a way. Lurker. I was yeah. definitely a lurker. But then this other podcast popped up that was commenting on TBTL called The Little Red Bandwagon. And, you know, I started listening to that. Never heard of it. And No. <laughs> and I found myself, like, wishing, like, getting frustrated because the people on there would not always bring up points that I thought were important to discuss and having feelings or whatever. But, again, lurker. Always a lurker. And then they started this project to catalog all previous episodes of TBTL, an organized project for people who have not been with us since the beginning, of, of volunteers to go through and listen to all multi-thousand, multi-hour episodes of TBTL and write down what happened. I remember and oh my gosh. the exhortations to join the project, help us out, volunteer, went for months. And I listened to them and I thought, I would probably be really good at that. <laughs> I think I could do that, but I'm a lurker. And I listened and listened and listened and Christy kept saying, come on, we need volunteers. And finally I was like, I'm going to do this. And I sent Christy an email and she was very happy to hook me up uh, with some episodes. And then I did some more episodes and then I did some more episodes. And then she invited me to send in a piece uh, for a, a tribute show, which I produced the hell out of. I taught myself how to use Audacity to make it. And then she emailed me and said, hey, would you like to fill in for me on the show? And I said, Aww. yes, yes, I would. And there we go. And that honestly changed the course of my life in terms of my social circle and my friendships and my being here right now. So, yeah, yeah. there we go. I love Very it. cool. And I don't know if anybody's doing anything with the archiving project anymore, but I archived 52 fucking weeks. Jesus that sucker. Christ, a full <laughs> ass <Wow>. year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Luke and Andrew have just recently put out the entire archive. They even got the third hours that we're all missing. Mm. Um, it's either been dumped into the, the feed or will be dumped into the feed very soon. And so I was thinking we should reboot the, uh, the archive, but not to keep doing it, but... Because the Sten's Facebook page has been full of people asking, like, what was the episode where Luke crashed the boat? Or oh, what was the episode where Luke hit rock bottom? Oh, God. Wait, wait, Which, wait you know, there's only that, one? Well, that's, that was what I said. Like, that one. And the episode. Era. The, the so. LRB episode where we covered the boat crashing is one of my favorite episodes yes. that we've ever done. Because we laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> You know, it hadn't occurred to me until you said that just now, but next time we do our rerun, a best of, an instant classic, right? Um, we should we should consider digging out some of those LRBs. Because mm -hmm. yeah. they're yeah. there. Yeah, sure are. We did good radio. We we joked about, you know, we didn't celebrate episode 200 because really it's episode 500 and something. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, we should have kept the numbering. I regret that now. Anyway. 
I think we're past 600. Yeah. Because we had 433 yeah. LRBs. Because still when we're trying to post, it's like, is this the 400th? I'm like, no, no, no. And I have to correct it. Yeah. It asks every time. Yeah. I think um, this is our 635th show. Jesus. Wow. Crazy. And imagine the things you could have accomplished with your life if you hadn't found us. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> don't, ima- don't imagine that. No. Uh, Let me just say, on. I was oh. really bored and under yeah. underused at my job during that period of time. Uh, All right, Bobby. Do you yeah, want to go? I'm, also, I, I'm not going to do my TBZL origin story because it, it, I don't have a distinct moment I can link it back to, but... I was also a Wait, Wait convert, although I always remember when Luke Guest hosted Wait, Wait a few times, and I actually just went and checked, thanks to Lynn Pham's stats archive of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, that was only in 2006 and seven, so that must have imprinted on me, and then when oh, I heard wow. him later as a guest, I might have been like, oh yeah, him, but I have distinct memories of him guest hosting that show way back when. So. Yeah, wasn't that when us. Peter Sagal was writing Dirty Dancing Havana Nights or something? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which actually, I brought some stuff home from the office the other day because I was tidying up my desk. And um, my Peter Sagal autographed copy of the DVD of Dirty Dancing Havana Nights is now <laughs> my God. right here. <laughs> I ambushed him with it in Austin when we came down to see Wait, Wait Live. Oh, my God. And uh, got him to sign it for me. Actually, hang on a second. If I remember correctly, I'm going to reach away from the microphone here. Yes, he signed it by writing uh, right over the actors' heads. I wrote this, Peter Sagal. <laughs> uh, and the only review on the cover is better than the original Jim Lane, Sacramento News and Review. <laughs> uh, remember when yes. we got in trouble with Luke for commenting on Peter Sagal's oh, new marriage. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. As if anything like we did would reflect on him. Yeah, Come on. Give me a break. Self-important much? <laughs> uh, I got a fast one here for my second one. It's a big one, but it was a fast one. So um, when I was uh, working at the Buffalo Philharmonic, the second time I worked there, um, I uh, started to notice this... Um, this attractive and I would later find out uh, interesting and fun uh, woman who was working in the subscription sales room at night uh, named Sam. And uh, for the better part of a year, I shot rubber bands at her from my office to hers. <laughs> because you're eight. Oh my God. Um, I did things that now we would recognize as harassment and I should have been stopped. <laughs> like genuinely I should have been stopped. Um, I worked all summer going to the run out concerts and hoped that she would be working at the subscription sales table. Um, all those things. So I just, and, and I was just being myself, just the same hustler, persistent asshole. Um, I didn't know if anything would come of it. I, I wasn't, I don't know what I thought the end game was. I was just enjoying this person and I, she was begrudgingly putting up with me, uh, the night of opening night of our f- season that following fall, um, we had a gal, it was the BPO 75th anniversary, uh, and we had a gala dinner before the concert, and I was running the gala dinner because the person I was co-planning with quit like a month before the event. And uh, I was running around doing a million things. And I was also still young enough um, to want to look like an idiot at this event. And so rather than go black tie, 
I rented a white with black pinstripes tuxedo. Oh, Bobby. God. What? There, there was a deco theme to the... Uh, to the gala dinner, so it was okay. Okay, that helps. That helps. It, it was it was in theme with the dinner uh, decor. It was all black, white, and I, I was. But I still I looked like a ridiculous. Like I didn't have a pimp cane or anything, thankfully. But I looked God. ridiculous. <laughs> um, was there a top hat? No. Uh, Bummer. Sam was working the subscription sales table that night. She was wearing a very nice, very beautiful blue dress. And I stopped down what I was doing, and I walked over to the table where she was working in the lobby, and I complimented her dress. And then I went back to what I was doing. You know, I was managing a million things and catering and, you know, lots and lots of people and table of seating assignments and all this shit. And after the concert, the staff, uh, not the part-timers, not not Sam, but like us hardcore events and operations people, we all went out drinking. Um and uh, I was at the bar, and I got a text from Sam that just said, uh, would you like to have coffee with me tomorrow or something to that effect? Mm. And, uh, yeah, we had I, we had exchanged numbers at some point, I think, just for the practicality of work, you know? Do you need me to pick up this from the office, whatever? And I was uh, not sober at this point. I had worked very hard. I was exhausted, and I just wrote back, uh, I am I am only if there's breakfast, because I am going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> and so sure enough the following morning we went to a diner around the corner from her apartment we had breakfast and coffee we went back to her apartment we watched the bills game we made out on the shitty uh futon in her apartment <laughs> and we have not been separated since uh, that was it that was our first date and kind of kind of our only date like from then on out like we just spent every day together we possibly could oh, what year was adorable. that uh 2009 no no 20 shit i always get this mixed up 2010 2010 must have been 2010 because we were dating for two years before we got married in 2012 so yeah fall 2010 sarah chang opening night maybe four seasons i'm trying to remember um yep great night and like i said um, she told me later by the way that the small moment thing is she decided to text me because i came over and complimented her dress not because i complimented her dress but because she was um, flattered that i took a moment from all the other stuff i had to do to come say hi to her oh yeah, so that, that that's what that's what made it happen nice so there you go. I stopped to be polite for 10 seconds, and it uh, landed me a wife. Pay dividends. Yep. Take right. note, ladies. Yep. Exactly. And gents. Yep. All right, Meredith, tell us about your smoking cigarette days. <sighs> My God, you guys. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I don't know how much I've gotten into this in detail, but like... There was a point where I needed to leave my house in Dallas because there was massive construction going on that I didn't want to go on. Uh, I remember. I was, it was kitchen renovation, it right? It was kitchen renovation. It was garage renovation. It was backyard oh. renovation. I was not on board for any of it. I thought it was all a bad idea. I made it very clear. It proceeded anyway. I, at some point, was working from home and you know that whole time, and there was like gas generator fumes coming into the house the whole day long and i was like i couldn't escape it i was going insane 
I was ready to go anyway. And I was like, you know what? I need, I'm going to Michigan for a while. <laughs> and, and I told Duff, like, look, I'm, I'm going, I don't know when I'm coming back, but I'm, you know, this, this is a problem for me. Um, because, you know, I made it very clear that I was not into this, uh, you know, we, I, I, I'd known him since we were young teenagers and my distaste for living in a construction zone was made clear, like from day one, like that was something that, cause my dad loves to renovate his old, he has a house that was built in 1890 and he likes to renovate it. And my bedroom was in the dining room for like a year and a half when I was a teenager and I made it extremely clear. Like I'd rather live in a brand new condo any day than deal with this Yeah. again. Um, so he knew, you know, but he went through with that anyway and I couldn't stand it. And it was kind of like the, you know, the toothpick that broke the camel's back. Is that the saying? <laughs> the straw. Straw. Yes. <laughs> it could have been a toothpick. It could have been a, a hair. Uh, so I had had enough and I'm like, I'm going to Michigan. Um, I took, I, I drove myself up there and I spent a couple weeks and I kind of had to ponder like, do I want to stay in this marriage or not? And I very quickly came to the conclu conclusion that I did not. Um, and so I spent a couple of weeks, um, at my mom's house and at the time she had such terrible internet at her place because she lives in kind of she lives close to the city but like she had dsl that had like i don't know one megabit per second internet hey <laughs> it hey like, hey <laughs> it was hold on now not feasible also like so aside from the internet I would sit there at the kitchen table, which is where I would have to work, and they would just want to talk to me the whole time. So I couldn't mm -hmm. get any actual work done. So yeah. I eventually was like, look, I gotta go. I'm gotta. i going to a coffee shop. So I found a coffee shop um, on Cherry Street, down like close to downtown, that was coffee shop during the day, bar during the evening. And I was like, yay. <laughs> I love this. This is my so, home now. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, live here. I live here. I can have coffee during the day. And once it turns 5 o'clock. Well, actually, I worked like 7 to 3.30. And I stuck to that schedule. So I was like 3.30. 3.31. I'm getting a glass of wine. <laughs> because after this, I'm going to have to go back to my mom's house. Um, anyway. So one of these days... Um, you know, I had, so backing up, I met Gregory in like 2002 or something on the internet. We, we had mutual internet friends and we met in person after a while. Um, you would make friends with people on the internet. That's I know. It was terrifying. gross and terrifying and he was a murderer. Then that's the end of the story. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> yep. Um, but we've, you know, kind of fell out of contact after a while and, but he, <laughs> He, I learned later that he indiscriminately likes every animal post that is on Instagram. He doesn't even look who it's posted by. He just puts a heart on every cat or dog or whatever <laughs> picture that anybody puts up. So this whole time that we hadn't really been speaking um, in the like 10 or 12 years or whatever that we hadn't seen each other, I was like, oh, he likes all my Instagrams. He must like not hate me. <laughs> um so I was at this coffee shop slash bar, um, realizing that I needed to get a divorce and was in the process of getting that 
going and I went outside for a cigarette and I hadn't really smoked in years and years at this point, but it was a stressful time in my life. And that's how I respond to stress every once in a while. I'll just be like, I need to have a cigarette. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, happened when my kitchen flooded a couple of years ago was the last time I had one. I still have a dusty ass pack of American spirits in my glove box just in case of emergency. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm outside in the parking lot um, of this coffee shop having a cigarette at like 1 p.m. or something. And I was just like on Facebook Messenger because that's what we did in 2017. Um, and his little bubble was on there. And I was like, oh, I recall ba- vaguely from his Instagram that like maybe he's in Detroit and I had made a plan, like, I had to get out of my mom's house. And so I, I had made a plan to, like, stay at Airbnb in Detroit and go to my office for, like, a week um, just to, to, like, give myself a break um, from my mom's house in Grand Rapids. And I had bought tickets to my friend's, uh, my friend Lucy has a restaurant called Rose's Fine Foods. And she was hosting a charity dinner for Detroit prep schools. And I bought a, two tickets and I had no idea who was going to come with me. And so I was like, well, maybe if he's in Detroit, maybe he can come with me. So I shot him a, a message and I was like, hey, I don't know where you are or what you're doing, but I've got the tickets to this soup dinner. <laughs> Do you want to come with me? <laughs> this guy I haven't talked to in like 12 years. <laughs> and... He responded pretty quickly and was like, sure, why not? And he had bought a house in Downriver, Detroit, which is like as close as it gets to actual South Detroit, which isn't a real place. Um, But he was like, come pick me up. So (laughs) when the time came, I went and got him and we had a, a little first date. And it he I don't know, it was sort of we sort of picked off, picked up where we had left off and. Um, it, it didn't, it wasn't meant to be a first date. He was like, look, I travel constantly. I'm never home and I have an empty room. And if you're moving back here, you can stay at my place in this empty room. And so it, it, you know, was a roommate situation that kind of like got way out of hand. And that's how I got married. (laughs) I like how you phrased that. (laughs) That's sweet. So it was just this weird, like, fluke decision to just send him a message out of nowhere about this soup dinner. So that's how that happened. Yeah. That's how you have a gentleman who gets uh, celebrity names incorrect sometimes uh, living in your house. Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Mine is sort of like a bookend to Anne's, actually. Uh, We both at college. And mine isn't like... It is, and it's almost exactly like yours. I I just wonder what would have happened. Okay, so I um ended. I went to Rhodes College, the apparently preferred college for all like Rhodes you know, scholars, super, yeah, Rhodes scholars <laughs> and super conservative <laughs> assholes, which is awesome. Um, so excited that I went there. No, I I I loved it. I really, I made some really like, and like you said, I made some really good friends. I loved the campus. Actually, and it was similar to yours. Like Memphis is a complicated city. Um. And in, in the inner city of it, there's some really beautiful homes, some wealth, but then there's a lot of white flight in, um, in Memphis. So the inner city is a little 
can be dicey in some places, but I had a great time. I made some really good friends, but I always kind of go back to my time there because I applied to a whole bunch of schools and really was going to, I was going to go to the I went to the Honors College at the University of Georgia, and I loved Athens. I thought it was so fun. My sister lived in Atlanta at the time, so it was like, well, I'm going far away, but at least she's close by, and this will be kind of a cool transition. And there was a guy that I was really good friends with in high school, but always was just like in love with him, just in love with him, loved him. And he went to Rhodes, and I was like... Oh, my God. Really? um, You followed a boy? I mean, I I, I wouldn't say I... because I did like roads and I had other friends that were going there. So yes, I did go kind of farther away from school, deal. but I was like, well, Taylor's going there and I wasn't even whatever. And I thought the campus was so beautiful, but yeah, like Trey going to roads was definitely a something that I was like, well, maybe if I go there, maybe then it'll happen. It was definitely like somewhere in my mind. I didn't necessarily express it, but it was like, that was somewhere. And it's so funny because we sort of had the same friend circle in college even, but we were like not friends in college. It wasn't acrimonious or anything. It was just, we just weren't really friends. And now when I see him, like I'll text him his birthday is next week because I'm psycho and I remember it. So I'll text him happy birthday. And I saw him at a reunion and I'll see him a couple times, like, you know, every five years or something. And it's cordial and nice. And he has three kids and he lives in Denver. Um, but I just always think, what if I just gone to Georgia? Like what would have happened? I mean, you know, there's these sort of like butterfly effect of it all. I, whatever. I'm not even using that correctly, but like, you know, what I've met Dave, what I have, um, had my kids or whatever. It just is all the, like, I can't believe I ended up going to roots because I really did love Georgia. And it just is for a dumb reason. I, a dumb, this is why 18 year olds really shouldn't be allowed to make like big decisions because, it's stupid. Anyway, I'm going to in on Labor Day. I'm going with my college friends to Galveston once again. So there are happy parts to it, but I do always wonder, like, what would my life be like? Would I be in Atlanta? Like, what? What? You know, I don't know. Just would be different. Anyway, that's having little... having a baby must be like the ultimate slide because it's oh, yeah. so like, uh, yeah, I don't know, transformative. Well, it, Five it's, minutes difference could be a totally different kid, right? Like it's totally. Just, it's so I know interesting. it's like it is, and like how how did these each come apart? And honestly, like I was really after I had my miscarriage, I told Dave, I if if and this is nothing against anybody that does IVF or whatever or, or adopts or does anything that's sort of outside of the extremely traditional way of having a baby. I just knew myself, and I said, if I can't have a baby just like easily, I, I don't want one. Like I don't, I don't want one. So it was like, you know, it could have not worked, and I could have not had kids, and mm-hmm. I would have had so much more money. <laughs> well, but just thinking about like you could have had totally different kids is a, is a crazy thought to me, and I'm not yeah. even a parent, like. It could have been, they were could just the strongest sperm, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got, I, the, uh, one of them is, one of those sperms is coming in here to show me the new cup she got uh, for school. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. Go away. It's a no, it's a Stanley. She's very, she earned it. Okay, go. I don't want to talk anymore. You need to go. Um, anyway, so yes. What, what <laughs> would life have been like if you I hadn't had yeah. your kids? <laughs> It's like she knew I was talking about her. She's like, yes, you've conjured me. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, big or small, what is your sliding doors moment? That's the question of the week. 
That's good. I'm interested. I'm interested to know. I know. Um, okay, I just have some quick tissue recommends because I watched a lot of stupid shit when I was in my COVID haze, um, but two of them popped out. One is kind of silly, but the other one I actually hadn't. Anyway, so um, since Bridget was shacking up with me towards the end of it all when Dave was, was kind of isolating, I kept trying to think of, you know, like I said, we watched The Parent Trap. I was trying to think of movies we could watch together that I knew she would like. And I said, okay, this is a documentary. But you're going to like it. I promise you're going to like it. And she was like, no. And I'm like, I don't know where we broke the mother-daughter bond where you don't trust me. But, like, I have your best (laughs) interests at heart. And I'm telling you, you're going to like this. So we watched the documentary Spellbound, speaking of TBTL, because they used to talk about it all the time. Um, And while slightly dated because it's from the early 2000s, she loved it. And I loved it, too. It's generally so good. And in the very beginning, they're showing a girl spelling some words. And she's like, I can smell these words. And I'm like, just wait. You're not going to be able to spell the rest of them. But it was it was really like, fun wait, to watch Way to support and lift up your kid, Hillary. <laughs> I'm like, you're not going to be able to I've spell seen your, I've you seen can't. your writing. Um, and then I was like, do you want me to, you know, like some of the parents, I'm like, do you want me to do that with you? And she's like, no, absolutely. Like, just drill you on... Um, on a dictionary. So I, I don't have the patience for that. I, they, they I've been to school. I'm not, I'm it's not, not that, that important. Like what no. I, I get that it's like a big deal for some people, but what's the ultimate like importance of that? Yes. I just don't, I just don't get it. I've realized I've also, I'm also like, I am a decent speller. I'm a really bad in my head speller. I'm a good, like if I type it out, I can spell it. But so I was always terrible at um, spelling bees because it was just really hard for me to picture it in my head. Um, I had to do an employment verification for one of my employees the other day. And she was like, okay, what's your job title? And I was like, manager of biostatistics, B-I-O. Hang on. Let me write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in my head, I still say like Wednesday. Yeah. I know that's not how it's pronounced, but. Um, I mean, I can't. I can't understand how you guys can think that spelling bees aren't important. Do you not remember the most seminal episode of my life that I've told here (laughs) where my mom told me that if I won the third and fourth grade spelling bee as a third grader, by the way, she Mm. would get me the triple scoop at Baskin and Robbins. (laughs) I mean, that is very important. That's the ultimate And when I did not win and I said, can I still have the triple scoop? She said, no, triple scoops are for winners. (gasps) Oh, Aunt's mom. Mm, we're too far you. into the I episode to remember. make that the title, right? It's not <laughs> close enough to the topic. I do uh, remember that. Yeah, Jean is hardcore. Yeah, she she made she you pay stuck for to it. her guns. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it's impressive. It's impressive. Meanwhile, I made Bridget only buy one piece of merch <laughs> at Taylor Swift. That was me sticking to my gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, spoiled brat. Eighty dollar hoodie, right? Yeah, basically. Um, Okay, my second recommendation, and this is so silly, but I, okay, so, you know, we all know I love the the podcast Blank Check, and one of the guys is an actor. He's not in that much, but he is an actor, and he is in draft day, so he'll sometimes talk about it. Like, uh, like he'll talk about, he calls him the cause, which I'm always, like, confused because I'm like, wait, Bill Cosby? And it's like, no, Kevin Costner. The movie is draft day. It is... 
let me see how to put it. I was like, I can't believe I've never seen this before because this is straight up my alley. It is not good, but it is a total dad film. And it is like a, a less intellectual money ball, pretty much. That it is, is exactly what it is. Because <laughs> there's a part, there's a big trade part, you know, where it's he's showing like how good he is at like, you know, doing all this stuff. It is, again, not a great movie. I also think it's weird that Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner are like, paired up in it like they're romantic oh, partners I was just gonna but, ask but the thing is I was like oh god because they're just from two different parts of my life you know just generations but they're actually for Hollywood not that far apart I think they're about seven, they're like 17 years apart which is surprising because I think it's like a lot I it's a lot but there's been worse I mean there's well yeah. th- there's been worse so I was like well okay um I mean she's in her 50s and he's in his 60s so Okay. Anyway, it's very, very, very silly, but I, I really liked it. <laughs> I have to admit, I really liked it. Um, so if you're ever sick and you need like a stupid thing that you don't really have to follow, draft day. Draft that's, day. that's your best bet. Yep. Exactly. Um, all right, Meredith. All right. I think that means it's time to get involved. Our website is thisshowhaseverything.com. Is that still true? Can I make a note here? Yes. Yes, so. please. <laughs> Uh, we've had uh, some website updates, and that is that we eliminated our primary website. Um, our hosting service does offer sort of a web setup for us. And so if you go to the new thisshowhaseverything.com, you will arrive at a place where you can listen to our blog um, that is available. If it doesn't load for some reason, Go check and see if it's trying to do an HTTPS. Uh, it is uh, momentarily only working if you do HTTP and kill that S. It's, I guess it's not secure this week. By the time <laughs> you hear this, it actually should be. I've put in the request to have that changed through the system. Uh, so this may all be for naught. But this show is everything.com should load. If it won't, uh, I don't know, cache your cookies or clear your browser viruses and start over whatever that I just did it and the the S worked the HTTPS hey hey. you know if you wanted to cut all that out you could but I'd rather you not just go ahead and leave my techno jumble (laughs) mumbo jumbo in it's secure Um, well you did a lot of work and I want you to have credit for it yes and that I registered a $12 domain on Google and I pointed it at this um yes so uh you can listen to that episode and actually we should talk about this at some point but not now because we're pushing the two hour mark um, we it shows the latest episode. It also shows a recommended episode, and because we've never changed it, the recommended episode is episode number one. Welcome to the show has everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Which is terrifying. So uh, we should think about that for a minute. <laughs> As I recall, I was actually terrified because our yes. plans were loose to say the least. <laughs> And I was literally crying as we started the show because <laughs> I was so freaked out. Where we were going to break down weekly news events that made us happy or were interesting to us. And we are going to have really structured segments. And then COVID hit and the news was all bad for two years straight. <laughs> yep. Yep. I remember so. I was in the emergency vet with Link when we were planning all of this. So I didn't oh really God. get to participate in any of it. <laughs> So it was all a mystery to me. <laughs> You're like, all right. Like, okay, this is new to me too. Um, the uh, website also does not currently have any kind of merch or or whatever set up. I think I'm going to see if I can't revive that at some point when I have free time. So probably never. But <laughs> um, 
I think we can add a link here out to the the third party vendor that we were using for that because I think we're probably due for more for more mugs and stuff. I I was at Will's house. He still has one of the Walsh Walsh and doormat mugs. <laughs> it's heavily faded. And, I have the T-shirt still. Yeah, I, I have, have the actual doormat. <laughs> We never, I don't think we ever even sold the doormats. You had to earn the doormat. No, yeah. that was 20 weeks of archiving. Right. Oh, my goodness. So uh, we're working on it. But um, this this uh, this website was an upgrade and that it was already something we were included in our package for free and we didn't have yeah. to pay for more for. So yeah. we're, uh, we're glad. To, it's the best website $0 had to offer. Right. Yep. yep. All right. All Back right. to our regularly scheduled uh engagement otherwise yes please join our facebook group that's where you can see our question of the week you can answer it and then we will read your response on the air it's very exciting um you can also email us at tshishow at gmail.com you can send us a voice memo in that same exact way you can record it on your phone and email it to us you can you can do it as many times as you want if you've said something that you don't like you can (laughs) re-record it and send us your your favorite take um, our AOL keyword, of course, is Tishi. That will never change. No. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. And that was everything about our alternate reality sliding doors situations. The multiverse. Multiverse. Yeah. The multiverse of Tishi. Your brain starts to break when you think about yes. all, all the permutations of the multiverse. Yes. Salt air. Rust on your door I never needed anything more Or whispers of are you sure Never have I ever before But I can see it's lost in the memory August slipped away into a moment in time Cause it was never mine Never mind And I 
Like a bottle of wine Cause you were never mine